Happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all that have served. We salute you. This is I Don't Care If You Listen podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. Thanks so much for listening, and may the force be with you. All right, well, press record. Ding! All right, everybody, this is I Don't Care If You Listen. I'm Leonica. She's Shalini, and she just forgot to press record. We've been talking for about 15 minutes now, but... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, episode 14. Here we are in the books. (laughs) And now we will hit record because, man, we just talked about a lot, but we'll start over. Holy moly, Andrew Gillum, Stacey Abrams... It ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. Looks like Stacey Abrams uh, is saying that she is headed for a runoff, that um, she believes that all the votes have not been counted. There's provisional ballots that have not been taken into consideration. Lots of ballots, mailed in ballots, provisional ballots. Um... And then I think that there were some from a couple of precincts that had some issues as well. And those were in um, concentrated communities of African-Americans. So there's a lot of stuff going on, people trying to suppress our votes. From nine hours ago, um, Brian Kemp resigned as the Secretary of State. Oh, yeah? He's running for the state's governor's office against Democrat Stacey Abrams. He's faced accusations of using his job as the state's top election official to influence the gubernatorial bid. He's declared a victory. Abrams has not conceded. NBC News is still considering the contest too close to call. A lawsuit filed by Georgia voters on Tuesday in a federal court in Atlanta accused Kemp of using the official powers of his office to interfere with an election to benefit himself and his political party and disadvantage his opponents. In a statement to NBC News on Tuesday night, his spokeswoman called the litigation a 12th hour stunt. It's clearly a conflict of interest. Right. Democrats and voting rights groups argued Kemp should have stepped down before the election. Jimmy Carter, who served as Georgia's governor and lives in the state now, called on Kemp to resign. Still saying too close to call. And Stacey Abrams vows to remain in Georgia governor's race until every vote gets counted. Good for her. She says democracy only works when we work for it and when we fight for it, when we demand it, and apparently today when we stand in line for hours to meet it at the ballot box. Oh, my God, Shalini. I stood in line longer than I did in the presidential election. I was so ticked, but I was excited at the same time. Because there was a lot of people there. That's a good thing. A lot of people there. I just, I guess I was really disappointed in Florida that I really thought that they would come out loud and proud for Gillum, especially after all this debauchery. But I think what is, I, what is crazy is that there's, 45 has a cult following. The people who are supporting him are supporting him as a cult leader. I was listening to a lady on NPR today who was talking about the Nixon impeachment process, and she was drawing drawing all the correlations between the Nixon you know, situation and the Trump situation. And she said the difference is that back then, both Democrats and Republicans, they wanted to get to the bottom of the truth. They wanted to know. They were willing to put their guy out there to make sure that the truth and the integrity of the democracy is what stood in the end. Well, now, I don't know that we have enough 
logic on both sides to understand that it's going to take everybody to want the truth. Everybody's going to need to want the truth for this to, to play out well. They're not trying to protect democracy. They're trying to protect privilege. I don't think they'll be successful. I'm still optimistic. I'm still hopeful. I know that we control the House. Right. Congratulations. The Democrats gain control of the House. And then there's also 100 women. 100 women. That have been, um, that that won their elections in, in the midterm. So that's great. That's some female energy headed to the right places. To sit. Two Native American women. Can you believe it for the first time? Two Native American women and two Muslim women. For the first time, Native American women. Oh my God. I worked the phone banks for Andrew Gillum. I didn't get as many calls in as I would have liked to have, but it's pretty easy to do. Next time around, if you want to get involved, it's a great way to get involved. I got a shout out to my girl, Robin. Um, she and I went to law school for a year. She finished law school. I didn't finish law school. Um, but she uh, went on to open yoga studio. But she has been extremely active in the pol political scene. Uh, she worked on the Obama campaign. And, and then she's been working you know, diligently on the Abrams campaign. She reached out, was like, hey, I need help. So I saw how easy it was, and I was like, oh, I'll help Stacey Abrams. And then I realized what was going on with Gillum and how far behind we were. So I got on the phone and started calling for Gillum. But, man, I got hung up on. I got, you know, this is a Republican household. You know, I got Ugh. that. I got, I got, you know, I, I got the pushback. I, I was really hoping white women would come through. I, every, I will say every Gillum, every time I saw a Gillum, you know, group of people, it was always women, and it was generally white women, so that's good. But the numbers weren't showing that white women brought it like we were hoping they would. I just hope that he gets his uh, recount. He conceded early, but now it's looking like he may actually push for a recount, whereas Stacey Abrams is looking for a runoff. I want to be excited and jazzed about it all. We had another shooting, another yeah, shooting. California. That, yeah, and he's a former Marine suffering from PTSD who had access to an assault rifle. We were talking about when you and I were in college and we went to a club and there was a shooting at the club. Rest in peace, Jesse Langston Culliver, who protected me and like hid me when I freaked out. That was so different. You know, the dude came in, he knew who he was looking for and he was ticked at this one dude and he didn't have an assault rifle. It like was a specific targeted thing where he was looking for one person. Whereas, right. you know, all of these mass shootings are just vague... I'm pissed at everybody in this building, so I'm going to go off on everybody in this building. Even though I've never met you, right. don't know anything about you. Right. And I don't I'm, I don't like that we can't call it terrorism. Oh, I call it terrorism because I'm terrified. Because I'm terrified. Because I'm, cause I'm, cause I'm terrified. That's terrorism. I mean, that is terrorism. It is. But it was like... You don't want to go places. Right. It's like Don Lemon said, you know, like, we can't have a white guy ban. We're seeing that every time this happens, it's a white guy, but we can't have a white guy ban. That's not what's happening. I told you last night, Chris and I went to see the Ed Sheeran concert. Great artist, great music, great time. It was at Raymond James Stadium, 63,000 people, you know, sold out crowd. And you want to mm -hmm. enjoy it and you want to chill. You know, it's a beautiful Florida night and the air is blowing and the music is beautiful. But you can't help but be a little freaked out. It's crazy yeah. these days. And it's full of people. And where can you go? There's no cover. Right. And there's a lot of white guys there. And since the signature of, you know, the That's terrorist right. these days is an angry white guy. I mean, there was plenty of angry white guys there. I mean, I don't know how angry they were because hopefully Ed Sheeran, you know, chilled them out. Yeah. But That's right. 
they were in the mood for love. <laughs> I'm in the mood for love. So he sounds way better. But yeah, that shit, it's a mess. Concerts, churches, schools, movies. Everywhere, everything. It wasn't a blue wave. It wasn't the wave. It was a little, little less than a wave that we were all expecting. But like you said, had Andrew Gillum and Stacey Abrams won, it probably would have been more like a tsunami. Yes. (laughs) Which would have been awesome. But some big wins were Amendment 4 here in Florida. 1.6 million uh, people with felonies on their records are now going to be able to vote, which is a huge number. Even if half of those are Democratic voters, that still gives us the numbers that we need to at least handle Trump the next time around. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, my fingers are crossed so tight. In Michigan, you had Gretchen Whitmer, who won. You also had your your gerrymandering. Was that an amendment? Prop 2. Prop 2. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So it will now be determined by citizens, right? As opposed to a committee, right? Yes. And Michigan also became the 10th state in the United States of America to legalize recreational marijuana. Hey! (laughs) College Us is in big celebration mode. Let's talk to 20-year-old us right now. legislated the way it has clearly um, comes down to money and not the right people making money because when it comes to the dings against it they are very very few in comparison to the other uh, things that people take and do and, and consume that is so very true so very true i am excited for the people who get their charges dropped yeah felonies or um, misdemeanors for possession and I'm happy that in Kent County they just said they aren't even filing charges for marijuana um, possessions anymore as of now. As you, I didn't think it was going to take an effect until December. But, but still, I mean, as we've talked about before, Cynthia Nixon, when she was running in New York, she had a full plan where she wanted to basically you know, have the conversation about even the legal marijuana industry and why it is a mm-hmm. white industry and it's okay for white people to be legal in the business, but still you've got, you know, minorities. So- Overrepresented in the judicial system just for a $20 bag of weed. Y'all know y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. 
For cannabis is the crown jewel in the racist war on drugs, and we must pluck it down. We must expunge people's records. We must get them out of prison. And when I am governor and when we legalize cannabis here, we will be sure to prioritize those communities of color for the licenses to sell cannabis. So this system. She wanted to give minorities vested interest in the legal commerce of marijuana sales. Give them a shot. That's right. It's about the cancer patients whose chemotherapy has given them neuropathy that they have to live with for the rest of their lives. And the young kids with leukemia who can't find any relief. And seizures. The kids who get seizures. All the kids who are, you know, dealing with that and CBD oil and, you know, those Mm -hmm. are the things that help them. I mean, I think one of the things that always has bugged me about being a bud smoker is because you are not legalizing it, you are taking away the funding for the research to find out all the good things mm-hmm. it can do. And because you are not funding that research, you're pushing this other stuff down my throat that has, mm-hmm. you know, oh, take this pill, but the side effect is going to be this. But you should take this pill, but the side effect is going to be that. When in fact there is this particular medication that I prefer over everything else, but because you won't legalize it, the FDA can't do the research and can't do the studies, the clinical research, to find out what works and what doesn't. So mm-hmm. that, to me, has always been bullshit. Yeah, real stupid. My 20 years in child welfare, I have seen a lot of families deal with substance use issues. And um, I've lost some people, you know what I mean? Due to substance use, cocaine overdoses, alcohol intoxication. I was going to say, you never lost anybody from Bud. (laughs) Never lost anybody from Bud. Never, ever, ever. Never just pop up after consistent visits and find that person gone, you know, because they went on a marijuana binge. Right, right. Nobody ever sells their food stamps. (laughs) Not for that. Not for weed. Not for that. Not for that. Those are most of the reasons why I was a proponent for that proposal. It's, It's just a waste of time and money and resources. Well, I just think Canada legalizing it nationwide is a clear indication that, you know, we hopefully are not too far behind that. Because, like, even in Florida, so medical marijuana is legal in Florida, but even once you have a medical marijuana card, you can only consume it in oil or, I think, even medibles maybe, but you cannot smoke flour in Florida. I mean, not that you can't do it, but you cannot buy that legally. Well, they better learn from the Jamaicans and the Dutch in Amsterdam because... Or even Colorado. Shoot. I mean, look how much money. Colorado is in so... They have so much extra money, you know, just because they were able to tax it and make an economy out of it. Yeah, Michigan's taxing it 10%. Yeah, taxing. That's right. How else are we going to fix the damn roads? I'm saying... And it sure, it sure is better than going to Little Loke's house, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and sliding the $20 bill through the screen door and hoping something good comes out the door. Oh, man, Shady girl. shit you do for weed. It is shady. You don't have to do shady stuff for weed. That's the thing. It's like, it feels so silly. It feels, I, okay, I feel like my body and my brain is supposed to be from a different era. Because all Are of- you a hippie? Well, no, I've, no. 
on the, on the, on the reverse. I feel like all the stuff that we're talking about, all these conversations in my head are like hundred year old problems and hundred year old things that we're talking about. Like we should be right. way beyond this stuff. We should yeah, have right. way beyond like solar farms should be at every corner. Like every home Bam should have else. solar panels. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it just seems like everything we do from marijuana to gay rights to, to racism is a hundred years ago. Like where quantum leap. I feel like I'm in the wrong era. People get stuck in tradition. Like, seriously, that's the problem. People get stuck in tradition and they don't want to change it. Enough of us have to be vocal about being different and um, going against the brain because they make it pretty tough. They do. And that's where it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I even do it. I, I, I barely do anything that is, you know taking it in the face for being vocal about my opinions. Like this podcast is about as, as much as I do. And you see how much we push it, you know, I'm like, I'm not, you know, telling mm-hmm. every, I'm not yelling and screaming from the rooftops, telling everybody you have to listen to our podcast because this is personal space for us. This is a space mm-hmm. where I am glad that we have people who come in and hang out with us if we do. But I also, I admire the people who can stand on a podium and, you know, tell it like it is and take it. It takes a lot of gumption. It takes a lot of guts to get out there and do that. It does. It's exhausting, too, shit. Mm -hmm. When you get off that part, you need a nap Mm -hmm. and a snack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even those calls, like making those calls, and I never want to discourage anybody anybody from getting involved because you should get involved any way you can or any way that calls you. But that, you know, getting a hang-up after a hang-up after a hang-up after a hang-up, that can be discouraging. Getting people yelling at you when you're just trying to make the world a better place, that can be discouraging. But there's people who do that day in and day out. So that you're you walking around canvassing the neighborhood here, handing out literature just all the time, girl. You should have seen me looking out the peephole hiding, telling somebody <laughs> to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, You're not gonna open the door? I was like, Shh. He thought it was his little friends. He was like, Tell them I'm not coming outside. I was like, Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh, don't say nothing. <laughs> See, and that's, and I get it, because I do the same thing. Like, if I get a call from a number I don't know, like, and if they even sound oh, remotely, yeah. I hang up right away. But there's a lot of people out there, like, every day fighting the good fight, trying to get people to listen. And I admire it. I, I, I feel like I'm too lazy for it, but I admire it. Yeah, you're right. It takes a lot of gumption. I want to get involved. I want to get into it. I... I want to help make it possible for anybody to be in office as opposed to the man that is there now. I feel like he is literally the worst possible thing that could be in that position. And he is destroying everything from the top down. He is so embarrassing. Girl, that press conference yesterday. He puffed his chest. Telling people to sit down. Telling people he didn't call on them. Telling people they were rude, disrespectful. Girl, that was the most embarrassing press conference I have ever seen. And that's him. That's just the type of dude he is. And and the women who stand around and support him, those are the women. I would like to be in a room with them with three bottles of wine and, like, talk like, I would like to sit down and talk to these women because I got some shit to say. I might need some armed guards, too. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, 
I really am wondering, how do you stand by this Mickey Ficky? How do you stand by this dude knowing any second he could dog you out for looking funny? Girl, you go ahead and talk to him. I'm just going to sit there behind him and, and listen and look with a scowl on my face because it ain't nothing that they can say. They, you're not going to be able to convince them. You cannot reason with mental health. And these people definitely have a mental health issue. They don't even want to listen to reasoning. If you missed the press conference with um, 45. It was before he fired Sessions. Right. So he asked Jeff Sessions to resign, which uh, that was the other part of this NPR interview I was listening to today. They said that, you know, Jeff Sessions did everything by the book, even though he was, you know, shitty. He did everything by the book. Trump is not citing why he asked for his resignation. He is not saying that you're not loyal enough. That's why I'm firing you. But ultimately, that's why, because Sessions didn't do anything specifically calling for this firing. So it literally comes down to, I need you to make the Mueller probe end because you're loyal to me and you're not doing that. So I'm going to put my own guy in there who's basically told me that he'll end the Mueller probe. And that's why my guy's going to go. But if you missed the um, the Jim Acosta CNN um, attack by by 45, the visual is very important. So um, we'll find a link to put in the show notes. But because uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, it's a viral video. You've seen it everywhere. But he puffs his chest and he kind of like steps away from the podium, like he's gonna like several times. You know, like what are you gonna do? You're gonna you're the sitting president. You're gonna you're gonna attack a like. Just listen. Anyways, if you missed it, here here's the audio from it. It's crazy. He's crazy. I can't believe he's a president. What pisses me off about that is he smiles in Putin's face. Oh yeah, he respects him. He's very nice. He's a very nice man. Oh, Even man. said Kim Jong Un. He said, you know, we love each other. <laughs> he said we love each other. Like they have a love affair. But he doesn't love fellow Americans. Right. He questions his own. His own secret service. He questions his own intelligence. That's um, oxymoron. That's, that's funny in and of itself. <laughs> it was because I question his. <laughs> we do a little podcast, and it can be a little daunting. Like, can we say this? Should we say that? When you are a CNN reporter, you have to say this and have to say that because you are reporting for the world. And the way he treats these people, it's not easy to get to where they are. It's not an easy job to do by any means. I did morning radio, which is like maybe a small percentage. I got a glimpse of what it's like to do this type of on-topic, current event, ask the hard question stuff. It is not easy what they're doing. The way he treats them is awful. But listen to this. Uh, in, in the midterms. That here, is, here we go. That, well, if you don't mind, Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, I, Ms. President, I consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, caravan was not an invasion. It's a it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling and me. And why why did you why did you characterize it as such? Uh, and because I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants? In this election, no, to try I to want keep them, I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process, and I want people to come in, and we need the people. Your Don't campaign, wait. your campaign. Wait, wait, you know why we need the people, don't you? 
couldn't even I can't even let my kid hear a man talking to other people that way. Reality TV. I'll let him watch Star Wars and pretty much anything before I let him watch the sitting president be a disrespectful, condescending, rude human being because that's a very important office to put anybody in. That person should be an example setter. Not a f-ing embarrassment. Pompous ass. Pompous. That's what he is. You treat people horribly. How the hell is he going to say that when he's talking about grabbing in the hee-hee? Right? Sorry, did you mind that last episode? I didn't bleep that hee-hee out. I kept the hee-hee because I figured if the president could say hee-hee, then it shouldn't yeah, be bleeped. Yeah, it was all good. It's all good. I just don't say it. I, I mean, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable saying that than a lot of the other words out there. I know, to each their own. I, I wouldn't want my son saying that. Right. I would not want and my son acting like the president. in that context. Right. This world, I don't know, men have a problem. This world is over, over-sexualized. It's smut. I feel and like I'm I'm watching I'm, smut. Day to day, I feel like there's smut, and I have to, like, protect my eyes, ears, and child from smut. And really, it's current events, but it's smut. Yeah, that's what makes it so bad. Like, this is not TV. This is real. Um, P.S. There's something happening that I don't want to draw attention to because I don't want it to be a big deal.
Ruminator Ginsburg has been admitted to the hospital. She broke her three ribs. Yeah, I know. I'm so scared. I think it's a setup. They pushed her. That really makes me almost want to cry. I one, I swear. Not go through another Supreme Court confirmation under this dude. I couldn't help but think the second that I heard that she fell. I couldn't help but think he had somebody push her. I couldn't help but think it. But. I'm not going to go there because I don't want to be a loony bin, loony bin. Nobody's saying that. There has no been, not been conversation about that. Nobody said that. But if, I said it. if 45 could have, has an RBG voodoo doll in his office, I will not be surprised if you find that injured. Girl. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a critical liberal voice on the Supreme Court, was hospitalized Thursday morning with three broken ribs after falling in her office the day before. She's 85 years old. She went home after her fall on Wednesday evening, experienced discomfort during the night, and uh, she was admitted to George Washington University Hospital Thursday morning for observation and treatment. They found the three broken ribs on her left side. She is the linchpin of the four-member liberal minority on a Supreme Court that has shifted ideologically to the right under President Trump. In less than two years in office, he has appointed two justices and has vowed to fill any other openings with more staunch conservatives. Because, you know, when you get married 10 times and have kids by eight different women and have sex with porn stars and grab he who's or whatever you want to call them, you should definitely look for those conservative people on the Supreme Court. Um, coochies. We can say coochies. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> Sounds better than the P word. The justice, who is known for her lifetime of work fighting for women's rights, was the subject of a documentary over the summer, and Hollywood is making a movie from her life story. She gained social media popularity in recent years with her own meme and nickname, Notorious RBG. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Twitter users volunteered to donate their ribs to her. Others called for protective bubble Aww. wrap to be sent her way. Yeah, I, I, please get well. And, and honestly... She needs some calcium and some vitamin D, people. Come look, on now. Look, look, Okay, this is my thing. She's 85, okay? Osteoporosis. She's 85. If RBG has lived her life and she has lived a very full, prosperous, fruitful, progressive life, it is her time. It is her time. The bummer part about all this is that literally... Our children's future of what could be healthy for them to eat and consume versus what could be unhealthy for them to eat and consume, the air that they could, could be healthy for them versus not healthy for them, the industry that could keep them employed or not employed, the fairness and the, the equality of giving them a chance regardless of who they love or what they look like all depends pretty much the law of the land, on this one woman and her health. Holy moly, that's a broken system when all that depends on one person. <laughs> Why? Why do we have a system where all of this is on this poor little lady's head? Oh my God. Poor Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You've had such a fruitful life. Why are, like, I feel bad, but you cannot go. <laughs> well, if she's really RBG, she ain't going nowhere because she's too damn stubborn to let Trump replace her yeah for real she and i do think osteoporosis man aging women that's something that 
we really got to think about. I mean, they've been talking about she's she's she does push-ups. She does like regular push-ups every day, like regular legit push-ups, not the ones on your knees, none of that. Like she she knows how serious it is that she stays healthy and alive. She takes it serious. That's why even the three ribs got broken. I mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm hoping that it's nothing dirty like but I don't even want to put that out there, but in this administration, I really can't really help it. Girl, the age of scandal. The new reality. Girl. I used to watch the TV show, but Dude, life is so much better. You can't even watch shows that could make this stuff up that that's happening. Mm-mm. And quite honestly, publications like The Onion can barely even exist now because more ridiculous stuff is even happening in real life than they for them to make satire out of. You can't even make jokes about the stuff that's really happening. The man literally is stealing children from their parents at the border. Like putting them in cages. Like he's really doing that. He really thinks that physically building a wall is going to fix things. And his supporters believe that. His supporters who are <laughs> just as batshit crazy as he is they all believe a wall is going to do something. Like, they really believe that. Attention Trump supporters. There are underground tunnels, really nice ones with lights and comfortable places to sleep. And, and they you. travel through that. Some of them are so big that you could take a car through there. Did you watch The Fast and the fucking Furious? Do you watch the news? This is what I'm saying. A hundred years. I feel like we need to be a hundred years ahead of where we are. Like we're going backwards. Yabba dabba do. I don't know what the deal is, but it's because, scary. And maybe that was okay back in the 1700s before we had the internet and television and even radio. And Space um, Force. <laughs> Girl, you can tell people anything and they will believe it because people don't like thinking. When Nixon was around, there was no Fox News and there was no social media. So the difference between Nixon and Trump is that technology is different today. Their reach is different and their cult following is different to the point where during the Nixon era, Americans could unite on the idea that democracy and the integrity of a democracy was important, whereas now we cannot even come together to say that Russians should not be hacking our elections. They won't even admit to that. That's because his followers, excuse me, but his followers have little educations. They're going to do research. And they're driven by the hate. The hate that he kind of pushes, those Mm -hmm. dog whistles, they're driven by that. That's what fuels them. That's all they need. And he knows how to manage that. Right. His whole crew, all of them who stand to gain from this type of administration, they know exactly what buttons to push. It didn't even take them 24 hours to ban Jim Acosta from CNN Mm-hmm. and turn around and have the, that White House intern accuse him of grabbing her mm-hmm. when we all saw her walk up to him and try and snatch that mic out mm-hmm. of his hands like a five-year-old. Not even 24 hours they were able to, one, do something like ban him, and two, send out a message that followed up that basically said, we are going to give you our truth now. We are going to give you our facts now. 
Right, his alternative facts. He's talking that fake news shit, even though he's the biggest liar around. It makes absolutely no sense. Once again, you're listening to I Don't Care If You Listen. I'm Leonica. My homegirl is Shelly. And if you like, you can visit our website at I Don't Care If You Listen dot com. Lee, yesterday was Diwali, the Indian the celebration of lights. And it is the holiday where we celebrate the winning of good over evil. Diwali. Thank you. I decorated my house. I wanted you to see my decorations. I got all my candles lit up. I remember the Diwali celebrations. See? I got all my little oh, candles. Oh. I got my candles set up. See, and I got my rungoli on the floor. I went to my kids' school. Oh, that's pretty. Is that? It's, rung- it's rungoli. They're little, like, patterns. And, like, usually they do it with, like, different colors sand. But these are just, like, plastic pieces. Oh, I like that one. That was my color. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was kind of cool. I went to my kids' school, and I did a little lesson on the volley. And I gave all of them a little dia so they could take home their light and not let anybody blow out their light. And I told them, you know, like, we always want good to win over evil. Always remember that. Good is better than evil. That's right. <sighs> What's up, Kamari? Kamari! What's Kamari up Don't to? Don't just stand there looking. Just staring at me, smiling. Sarah Sanders shared an edited video of Acosta. People are saying that she needs to resign because of it. She aired an aired, uh, like video. An edited video of the CNN reporter? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No. See, now that's... <laughs> and she shared it. Mm-hmm, because they have no integrity. They don't know what integrity means. Some people weren't taught that shit. Yeah, like, so we saw the video. All Everybody saw the video. And then they went in and they edited a video to make it look like he grabbed the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and zoomed in on it. See? They're, like, zooming in on that. That's the video she shared. Sarah Sanders, the, the White House press secretary. Like five-year-olds. I literally think there's five-year-olds. They, they're not even good sorority sisters and brothers in the White House. They're like five-year-olds. And I even five-year-olds have more integrity than these guys. Right. Ugh. That's just insane. I know. And again, these websites all have cookies. So people who are looking for edited bullshit to support Trump are going to find that. And that's going to add more fuel to the fire. And the fact that they actually throw gasoline on it. They say fake news so that we get, so it's gaslighting. They're basically Mm -hmm. talking in circles around us and keep saying fake news so that those of us who know that we're sane, I know I saw what I saw. I know the difference between right and wrong. I know the difference Mm -hmm. between the truth and a lie. Like they try and make you feel crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is, and that is a tool of power and control. They're trying to dominate us, and unfortunately, their supporters don't see that. Well, that's because they're dominating them. But the rest of us, we got to peep game and know what's going on. They can't fall for the okey-doke. Right. You know how we were on, I I was on a mission to find music that was Mm -hmm. being vocal, had uh-huh. you had you heard Janelle Monet featuring uh-huh. Wonderland Records? Um, I have heard her. This I was only able to find on YouTube, and it was from 2015, but I just heard it 
on that WMNF on that station, that local um, progressive station here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see how much of this you want to listen to. Um, yeah, check it out.
name, Tommy Yancey, say his name, Tommy Yancey, say his name, Tommy Yancey, say his name, Jordan Baker, say his name, Jordan Baker, say his name, Jordan Baker, say his name, say his name, won't you say his name? I'ma dollar y'all to say his name, I'ma do the y'all say his name, I'ma do the y'all say his name, I'ma do the y'all say his name, 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 say his name. This video is homage to what Janelle Monet and Wonderland already started with that song, The Hell You Talking About. So this red across our eyes symbolizes that the fact that we see the bloodshed going on in this country and it won't be overlooked. So we need to let the world know and you need to know that silence is the enemy and sound is the weapon. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, gives you chills when you think about it, cause that's just that was dope. Such a yeah, it did give me chills. It know? almost made me cry. Right. You recognized all those names. Yeah, it's been a long, long decade. Obviously, all victims of police brutality. Mm -hmm. And the song probably could have been a little longer, but right. So you said something in the last podcast that has stuck with me because you always do that. Oh, uh, what was that? When I said something to the effect of like, then we get all excited and we do all this stuff and then you lose and then what do I do? And you were like, well, you get up and you fight again. <laughs> that's what you do. And I was like, right. yeah, that's what you do. So... We made like a little family event out of watching the election results on Tuesday night. Mm, nice. Yeah. I mean, when I started realizing what was happening and that my guy and my gal weren't going to get the positions that I was hoping they were going to get, but we did turn the house and we did um, get a lot of women headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I said to my husband, I was like, well, if the Trump election taught me one thing, it's that it helped me cope with disappointment a little better when it comes to politics. Yeah. Losses are hard. Losses are hard, especially when you suspect there's cheating involved. When you suspect they're cheating and you expect it could affect the quality of your life yeah. directly. Yep. And your children's life and their children's life and their children's mm -hmm. life. Yep, so that's where we're at. So now uh, we'll see what happens with Stacey Abrams. We'll see what happens with... Andrew Gillum. We'll see what happens with Robert Mueller <laughs> in his investigation. I'm hoping we get the results of that. I'll be interested to see what um, our former the dude that resigned. I oh, Jeff Sessions. I wonder if he's going to talk about anything. They put their party before everything. It's more than their party. Yeah, but they put that before <laughs> everything. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to... Yeah, he, their little secret society. Yeah, he won't... Brotherhood. Right, he won't make his people look bad. He won't make them look bad. He'll take it in the chin before he makes his people look bad. Well, then why did he say, as you requested? His last dig? That's the last little dig he's going to get. Leonica, we live in a world where... President batshit crazy Trump is president of the United States. Like, we live in this world. This is the world we live in. We are here. Something that was predicted by Bart Simpson. <laughs> 16 years ago, the Simpsons eerily predicted Donald Trump would be president. As you know, we've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. 
The episode, which aired in 2000, shows a grown-up Lisa Simpson taking over at the White House in the aftermath of a Trump presidency. We're broke. The country is broke? How can that be? <laughs> Maybe we need to start watching The Simpsons right before every podcast to be able to tell the future. <laughs> the Simpsons still come on? <laughs> yes, they do. They come on. They come on Fox News and CNN every day. Girl, a man who was in a ring for WWE <laughs> is running this country. Yes. Yes, Donald Trump was in WWE. It might have been before his time. Yeah. <laughs> Baby. Rest in peace to all the people. Every week, we got to say rest in peace from a terrorist attack. Last week, it was the synagogue. Rest in peace to those people. This week, mm -hmm. it is rest in peace to the nightclub in California because mental illness and people with mental illness are allowed to buy assault rifles. Man, you know, but we don't call him terrorists. Why you gotta hate? Like, why you can't take your ass somewhere, sit in the corner, and just stay away from people if you don't like people? Like, seriously, why? And then turn the damn gun on yourself. So, like, what's the point? Right. <laughs> you can't even gloat about it, enjoy it. Like, <laughs> that's some idiotic shit to me i'm sorry it, don't say uh, it, the first thing this morning so it's not even 10 o'clock in the morning i'm listening to the radio and they're talking about the shooter being a marine and ptsd and how bad it is and how there's all these resources for veterans from with mental illnesses and i was like can we with all due respect to everybody who's suffering from ptsd can we talk about the fact that the dude who is suffering from such severe PTSD should not have been able to get an assault rifle because he was in a bad mood. Can we talk about that? Is that, that, that not allowed? Can we talk about the fact that especially those suffering with PTSD and who have had experience with military grade weapons should not be purchasing and using military grade weapons like amendment. Nobody should except or, for the military and the military shouldn't because there should be peace on earth. <sighs> Thousand Oaks was where the shooting took place. Thirteen were killed at Borderline Bar and Grill, including the gunman. Okay. Using a smoke bomb. That's a restaurant. Using a smoke bomb and a handgun, a hooded Marine combat veteran dressed all in black opened fire during college night at a country music bar in Thousand Oaks, California, killing a sheriff sergeant and 11 other people before apparently taking his own life. He had on all black, a black cap, a half mask over his mouth. I mean, he was a he was a decorated Marine veteran. Smoke grenades. He lived in the 800 block of Newberry Park with his mother, five miles from the shooting scene. He appear, appeared to have had trouble adjusting to life after his deployment in Afghanistan. He was discharged honorably in 2013, got divorced that same year. He was being treated for PTSD. Now we're talking all about this guy, about his poor situation and how sad it is. And you know who gets who we don't talk about when we're talking about how poor guy he is? The 13 people that died. Mm -hmm. Like, 
for absolutely no reason. What did you say? How many were injured? One survivor was wounded by gunfire, and as many as 15 others suffered minor injuries from jumping out of windows or diving under tables. (sighs) Somebody who gave his life to protect the country, to protect his nation. He got paid. Checked his family's bank accounts. Got paid by who? Who do you think he paid? Who paid him? The White House. <laughs> For what? Take out 13? The White House is paying. Or as many. That's, that's cheap. That's budget. The White House is spending what? How many millions of dollars sending all those troops to the border for a thousand uh, asylum seeking migrants? Hey, you got to have multiple strategies to create fear. That's crazy. That is crazy. What is the latest on that poor group of people that is trying to make a better life for themselves? Is he? Uh, what does he have waiting for them at the border? Does he have um, more troops than they had in Iraq? Troops install barbed wire at Nogales ports. I know the families are saying they're afraid they can't go home back to their homelands. Um, U.S. troops first order at the border, laying razor wire. U.S. Army soldiers install a wire above fence along the Anzalduas International Bridge near the Mexican border in McAllen, Texas. What's a laser wire? Soldiers fill local hotels and joke about finding ways to keep busy. Um, it's this stuff. It's There's razor blades on this wire on the top. That's what they're spending oh, their time laser. doing. I thought you said laser. Because oh doesn't God. this seem like a hundred years ago? Doesn't that seem like some shit we would do a hundred years ago? Put knives on a wire and put it on a gate? Mm-hmm. Come on, make it make sense. I can't make any of this make sense, Lee. Just like everybody else, I just go through the day ticking away, finding those little pieces that make me super happy, trying to do the best I can. Do what feels good in my heart and just try and understand that this has got to be some kind of optical illusion. And I don't get people who are just cool with it. I guess that's the other thing I don't get. It was nice to see Obama on the campaign trail, although it did make it all bittersweet. Just because you look at him like, how, how did you leave us? Such a bad man. Such a bad man. I know. Even Dion was like. It's good to hear his voice again. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like it's like it reminds you that there's like some version of sanity somewhere, but right, some rationale somewhere. But some I don't know. We'll see some sanity. Um, okay. but Florida has some work to do. Georgia has some work to do. Georgia has some work to do, and we'll we'll follow up. We'll see what happens next week. We'll come back at you. I don't care if you listen. Episode 14 in the books. Lee, I love you, girl. I love you, too. We out.